Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. I love to fight. I love to fight. And uh, I knew that that would be greeted with silence. It's not something that you go, yeah, come on. Uh, but I don't, I don't necessarily like a physical fight. I love verbal fighting. I used to love verbal fighting. And um, when I was a kid growing up, I, I would pick verbal debates, fights, discussions for the sake of. I didn't often care about what the topic was. I just cared about getting into a debate. And uh, there was one particular time my family went on a mission trip to Taiwan. And this was just after the massive earthquakes. I can't remember what year it was, but um, there were these earthquakes, and my church got in touch with a local church in Taiwan um, that was doing some mission work. Because what had happened was that many, many, many people lost their homes. And what the government did was to set up these temporary villages filled with these demountables. And so um, these temporary villages uh, popped up around and, and this church adopted one of these uh, villages. And so my church went along to, to be there to, um, I guess, spread a bit of love and, and hope and care as much as we could. And, and uh, we went over, uh, we went, there were a whole bunch of different trips that happened and, and my family decided to go on the one in December. And so we went over there. It was freezing cold because we are from Singapore. So anything above, sorry, anything below 22 degrees is considered cold for us. And, and we went to Taiwan in the middle of winter. I, I got a stomach flew the first day that we touched down and um and the story goes that this is how i came to love bubble tea because i had such like i literally was going to the toilet every half an hour and just letting everything go and um the one thing that i could hold down was um warm bubble tea which hadn't hit the world yet but taiwan had this magical substance from heaven and um and um and so i was drinking bubble tea all the time because that was something that my stomach could hold down and um so we were there we were running a kids program for the children in that village and it was all really cool and and it happened to be christmas day and we had run the programs and um most of the team had headed back to the church because they had provided some accommodations through the church uh, but there was also demountable where a few of us would be staying for the night and so uh, my favorite youth leader was going to be staying behind so i volunteered so there were two i think i was 13 at 12 or 13 at that time so there were two 13 year olds and a couple of youth leaders in their early 20s and we stayed in the village and it was christmas night so we didn't have a traditional Christmas meal at all, but the lovely people there provided us a chicken curry Christmas dinner. And um, so we sat down, we were in this demountable. I don't even think we had a, we had like this makeshift table and we were sitting on the floor. And uh, my youth leader said something along the lines of, well, not your traditional Christmas dinner, but a good one nonetheless. Merry Christmas. And normally when someone says Merry Christmas, everyone else goes, Merry Christmas. And you like clink your glasses. Or in our case, our paper cups of water because that's all the utensils we had. Um, but because Nate couldn't pass up an opportunity to have a bit of a fight, so I said, well, what is a normal Christmas dinner anyway? Completely killing the mood. 
But I was getting into a fight. This is what I was created for. And, uh, and I think my youth leader by then, I, we, we had been on this trip for a few days, and he, uh, he knew me reasonably well, and so he knew that what I was trying to do, and so he tried to shut it down. But you know when someone likes picking fights for the sake of picking fights, when you just shut down the fight, they think that they've won. So I won. I won that fight. I was like, yeah, come on. That, that's me getting another one up. And, and that, that, that was... Unfortunately, a very common story in my life, going around, <laughs> going around picking fights and, and winning them, shall we say. Um, and it wasn't for many years till I discovered why I was doing so. And, and, and the reason why young Nate needed to pick fights and win them was because he needed to prove that he had enough brains to be in the room. He needed to somehow uh, prove to everyone else in the room that he belonged. And how he did it was to fight. And if he won to fight, that means that he's gained the respect of everyone else in the room, which would then make me feel like I somehow fit into this weird mess that was going on. And so I, I develop a, a bit of a lifestyle, if you will, that's a bit like this guy. So I've got a few fun clips for you this morning. So this is the first one. Hopefully it works. Look at that. <laughs> so, I don't know if that fully fits, but that was the only one I could find that didn't have any swearing or whatever. But I, go, I used to go around picking fights. I didn't care how big, how smart you were. If, if I saw an opportunity for a fight, I'll get into the fight because I had something to prove. And unfortunately, this guy who loves to go around fighting, uh, um, uh, he, he, he disguises these fights as banter, as debates. I'm just bantering with you. I'm not really fighting it. If you're like, why are you fighting with me? He just like tries like, why are you being so, so weak or soft? And you know, he would just kind of pick fights with you. And, and, and this gets so annoying that people shut, I know I've already spoken about this. They, they shut it down and, and this person kind of takes as I won, I've got respect, and, and I don't know whether maybe some of you in this room are having this kind of fight style, or maybe you're a little bit more like this guy that you can see in this picture. It is from USC. I did not get anything too graphic, but when you are what you call striking, which is punching, you're not supposed to punch or hit with an open hand. But as you can see, that guy um, was... Um, kind of slapping the guy across the face. But what I saw, there was this fight that I saw once, which was absolutely um, disgusting. But what he did is that he threw a punch, didn't quite manage to reach, and he flicked two fingers out. He actually flicked fingers out and hit the guy's eyes. They did it in slow-mo, and he was like... <laughs> and it was like... And then after that, he was like... He was like, I did nothing. And, and maybe you're a bit of a guy that gets into fights, and when you get into a fight, you are going to do anything that you can to win. You're going to take every dirty, a dirty method that you can think of. Uh, and, and, and what I found with people like that, because I'm partly like this too, I'm probably fully like this too, uh, besides God's grace, but I, I know people's buttons, and I will push them, because I need to win. 
and I will do anything to win. And so I am going to find out what gets you emotional, and I'm going to say or, or do something to remind you about that button that you have. I've, I've, when I was in the army, I made guys cry. I didn't touch them. I spoke to them, and I made them cry because I know how to push buttons, and I was going to win those fights. And so maybe you kind of relate to that guy, or maybe... Like most people, because I know I'm not normal, but like most people, you might be a little bit like this. You might remember, you might know this guy. It's like they're in a big fight and oh, 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 running off, running around, trying to avoid the fights. Now, a lot of people, it's one of the big fears going around, you are a fight avoider. You will do anything to get out of a fight. You, you see the person coming towards, you see the person's car approaching church and you're like, oh, I need to um, be somewhere else, anywhere else, just not here. And, and some of you have developed this ability to avoid through distraction. You, you kind of, uh, the person is kind of wanting to talk to you and you know that they want to address something in you and, and you use misdirection and you start telling the story which has no ending. You know what I mean? Uh, they say, hey, you know, I want to talk to you. Oh, yeah, before you do, let me tell you about all 20 seasons of Game of Thrones and everything that happens in the story because let's not talk about that thing. Let's talk about this other thing. Or maybe they start to emotionally uh, blackmail you by saying something like, oh, you know what? Uh, my cat just died yesterday and uh, it's not the right time for this. I, I found as a pastor... It's really interesting. Whenever I want to approach someone about something, we want to talk through something, something always happens. They're sick, their cat is sick, their rabbit is sick, their hair is sick, they're losing hair, I don't know, something. There'll always be something going on that makes it difficult to talk about it. There are some people who just this a, a, a fight style of avoiding and, and, and trying to get out of uh, conflict and, and fights that are going on. Or maybe you're a little bit more like this. That's called playing dead in case you didn't quite pick it up. You see a fight coming and you roll over. You say yes to whatever is going on just to finish the fight just to get over with it. You get steamrolled, you sacrifice, you give away, whatever it would take, you roll over because you just can't stand being in conflict. And do you see yourself in any of these analogies? Do you know your fight style? Because I believe that everyone's got a fight style. Maybe, maybe you are ultra defensive. Maybe the moment anyone approaches you, your walls are up, your hands are up protecting yourself and you're not uh, every single... Uh, a sentence that comes back out of your mouth is defensive, is defensive. You're walling up, you're pushing the person away because that's how you fight. Or, you know, there are all of these different things. And, and the reason why we have fight styles is because we get used and comfortable with them. We know how it feels, we can predict what happens, and we know how we swing. And I had a friend who uh, was a. Um, I don't know exactly what his title was, but he was moving towards being a pro golfer. And one day I came across this picture of this grossly overweight golfer, pro golfer. He was massive. He was like a mountain, but he could, he could swing and he, could, he, he was doing really well. And I was like, how 
and, and, and part of the discussion was that I was trying to argue with him that golf is not a sport. That was part of our conversations, like, golf is not a sport. Look at that guy. Um, and then he told me that uh, to play golf and practice golf, he walked something like 20 k's a day. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe walking is a sport, but still golf, nah. <laughs> Joking, I believe golf is a sport. I just like pushing his buttons, as I mentioned before. But he told me this incredible story that this guy, at some stage in his life, discovered, well, not discovered, but he had some health complications because of his weight. And so he went, went ahead and lost a whole bunch of weight and, and actually got into a reasonably uh, healthy state, physically speaking. But when he did that, he lost his swing. And as a golfer, your swing is so important. And he was so used to the way that his um, uh, love handles held his arms at a certain distance. Uh, and he knew exactly how that swing felt, that when he lost all that weight, he lost his ability to swing. And so what he did is that he didn't pick up a new way to swing. He picked up the weight back on. That picture that we were looking at, he said, hey, do you know that guy lost an incredible amount of weight and then he put all that weight back on and now he's a champion golfer again because he, he's rediscovered his swing. And I thought it was ridiculous because he found his swing, but he's lost something else. He's found his swing, but he might also have found uh, heart complications, diabetes, liver failure. I don't know what is going to happen to this guy, but just because he wanted his swing, he's giving some stuff up in order to have that. And I'm wondering whether for some of us, we need to evaluate our fight styles. We need to learn how to change and grow because our fight styles might give us a comfortable swing, but we're losing a lot more in the interim. And so this morning, I want to give you a coaching uh, session on how to win fights. I will be the Rocky Balboa to your Adonis Johnson from Creed. You know that I'm old. I've got so much experience. I win all the fights that I go into. You're this young upstart. No, I'm totally joking. I just love fighting references. And half of you are like, I have no idea who these people are. But it's all right. I forgive you. But I want to give you three tools to help you win fights. Anyone want to win fights here? You guys are not very convincing today. Right. Yeah. I probably will love fighting with you because you always let me win. Is that how it works? How many of you want to win fights? How many of you want to walk through life and conflicts come around, you win? I guess you, some of you have just no idea what is going on right now. I think some of you are just being very intimidated and you're just avoiding this conversation. I think that's what's happening. You need to learn a new way to fight and I'm going to teach it to you. So step one. Step one, if you want to win more fights, is that you've got to slow down. Slow down. You see, when you have an automatic fight response, which I do, which I did, what happens is that this automatic fight response, you don't even really control at all. You just reach straight into that tool chest and grab it and use it. And why that happens is because we've got so much information to process each and every single day that our mind, our amazing brain has developed this ability to create automatic responses. So for example, when you are driving a manual car, if you, anyone here drives a manual car? Anyone ever tried thinking very hard about what your feet are exactly doing? 
well, the moment you've learned how to drive a manual car and it becomes an automatic thing, when you think about what your feet are doing, you're going to bunny hop. I tried it before, I was like, I, I know what I'm doing, but my, the moment I start to concentrate on it, my feet are like, where's this stupid biting point? I can't find it. I'm freaking out, and then I'm like, oh no, gas, 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 gas. And <laughs> or, or maybe, you know, you're driving home after work, and something's going on, and you're kind of thinking and processing it, and next moment, you're home. You don't know what red lights you have run through. You don't know how many cats you have killed along the way. You have no idea how you did that, but your brain somehow magically gets you home. It is called automatic, automatic processing. And our brain does it because there's so much information that we have to deal with that some things are relegated to an automatic response. Fighting is the same. I, I, I used to be a, a serious hothead. And, and I, I literally mean it because when I get angry, which is all the time, my head felt like I could feel like this boiling sensation creeping over. Anyone like that? Seriously? Okay, I see a hand. We'll pray for healing together after. But literally, when that happens, I can't think. I have this brain snap, and I say the most horrible stuff. And, and I've learned how to control it. I've learned how to watch it. But I can't, that, that's just natural for me. That's just automatic for me. I allow things to get to me and, 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 and get this process of boiling myself over just like that. But there's a way to stop it. And that way is to slow down and to actually think about what you are about to do. And so here's a little idea. Why don't you get someone close to you to let you know what your fighting style is? This afternoon, after lunch, you're sitting down with someone, hey, can you let me know what my fighting style is? What do I do when confrontation happens? And ask, them, ask a person you trust. Don't ask someone who just wants to push your buttons. Ask someone that genuinely cares for you and ask them, what's my fight style? What do you think happens when things happen? are happening and genuinely listen and then ask yourself why or what triggers that off so that next time that thing is about to happen you get to slow down you get to choose your fight style and that's something that every single one of us are going to have to do unless you're a sports guy uh, or a UFC fighter where you use your anger your anger is probably going to get you in trouble your anger is probably going to make you uh, say something at some stage that could make you lose your job or lose relationships really quickly. But when we learn how to slow down, we get to choose what we do. You see, the Bible has this really interesting passage in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 to 8. Let me just read it to you. I love this passage. It says that there is a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. 
When I don't slow down, I miss my time. When I don't slow down, my automatic response only has one outcome. And when I don't match the outcome with what I really want to see, my automatic fight response gets me to the wrong place at the wrong time really quickly. But when we slow down, we get to choose, is this a time to cast the stone or is it time to gather stones together? Is it a time to kill or is it a time to heal? And I mean it both ways. Some of you are in relationships that you should have killed ages ago, but you're still in it. Because every time it comes to breaking up, you're like, oh no, let's heal this baby. Let's avoid this fight and let's keep this thing going. Because your automatic fight response is getting you only one outcome when there's a time for everything. So if you don't slow down, you're likely to miss your time. But after you slow down, this is the second thing that you need to do. You need to know what is it that you are fighting for? What it is that you are fighting for? I, I, I spoke about this whole idea of whether we are driving our relationships towards value or vanity about three weeks ago. You can hear that on podcasts. But the whole thought about that is that our relationships can actually have a value uh, in place. It can actually be going somewhere. It can be something important or we can be basing our relationships on vanity. What do I mean by vanity? Vanity means things that don't last, things that might look good on the surface, but is rotten on the underneath. There is nothing substantial about it. And many of our relationships are geared towards vanity simply because we haven't thought about what kind of relationships we want to have. And that was what I was talking about uh, three weeks ago. But, but the, the, the issue for this morning is that if you have a fight um, with a person with whom a relationship, you have a relationship of value and you want this relationship to grow, then you need to know what is it that you are trying to fight for. When you don't determine what you're fighting for, you end up fighting against one another. When I am not sure about what Beck, my wife who's in Lift Kids this morning, when I'm not sure what Beck is actually trying to build into our relationship, quite often the changes that she's trying to make in our relationship, I'm like, back off, woman. And so why are you taking my space? Why are you trying to change me? Why don't you accept me for who I am? And she's like, brush your teeth, man. <laughs> I thought it was a moment where you guys needed to chill out a little bit. But we have these... When we don't communicate what we're trying to fight for, we are not fighting against. And quite often the relationships that you have, you're going to be much better off together fighting for something, but you end up just casting stones at one another. And that is where we need to understand that what we sow, we will reap. If I am always casting stones, I am going to end up in a broken relationship. 
If I, though, decide that, yes, this is a little bit difficult to start off with, I don't really get this, and, I, and there's certain things that I don't really like, but right now I'm going to put aside my preferences and instead work on this together, I end up with something of far more value. The Bible puts it in this way, Galatians 6, 7 to 9, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption but the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life and let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up when we are fighting it is always an opportunity to sow something in it always is no matter and that that, that is why for Beck and I we we embrace fights because these fights are an opportunity for us to decide what is it that we are fighting towards? What is it that we are fighting for? Right now, she doesn't like... Sorry, this is metaphorical, by the way. This is not real. And so I suddenly was like, oh, okay, that sounded wrong. But maybe right now we are like, hey, you know, let's start doing this or let's try doing it this way because we are trying to get, uh, push our relationship this way. I can push back. I can say, nah, not going to do that. Why are you asking me to do so much? Why are you asking that of me? Why can't you make the sacrifice? Why are you demanding so much of me? And the very natural lazy side of me quite often wants to push back, wants to fight her for this new change that she wants to bring into place. But when I see this as an opportunity for us to fight for something together, it makes so much more sense. What Pastor Jenny Fox said a couple of weeks ago at our Lift Talks is so important in this regard. She talked about how when you understand the values that you want to build into your relationships, then you can build backwards and know how you want to get there. Do you know what kind of values you are putting in your relationship? Or do you just run along with things going automatically with what's going on? Maybe there are some relationships in your life that you need to evaluate what you're building into it. Sure, that banter might be fun, but it also might be cutting. Sure, that sarcasm might be natural Aussie humor, but maybe it's tearing someone down. Maybe that fun all the time relationship might be fun right now, but it's sure looking shallow in the future. What kind of relationships are we going to have? What kind of marriages? What kind of parenting relationships, parent-child relationships are we investing into? When you know what you're fighting for, you've got something to aim towards. But if you don't have a target in mind, you end up fighting each other. The thing is that when I was a fighter, with my words... I won those verbal fights, but I lost a lot of relationships. Was it a good trade-off? Absolutely not. So what are you really trying to win? If you don't know what is a win, you don't really know what you're fighting. And that was me. But when I realized that the reason why I was fighting all of these, having getting to all these debates, which I thought was so much fun, was because I was an insecure person who thought I was insignificant 
And when I realized that none of those fights were actually really building into my significance as a person, it was like, why are you doing that? Why are you pushing people away? Why are you annoying the heck out of other people and making them cry when you're supposed to be someone that builds someone up? And so I needed to learn how to change. And that happened because I slowed down and I knew what I was fighting for. But the third thing that is so important in today's day and age is to fight to understand. I believe that the deepest longing of a human soul is to be heard and to be understood, to be known. We all want to be known. And that's why we aim towards romantic relationships where we can be ourselves and have this other person still accept us, no matter how crazy, disgusting we are on the inside. It's like we signed that marriage contract. It's like, ta-da, now you see the real me. It's too late for you. <laughs> you laugh because it's true. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be true like that. See, what, what we need to understand is how we can truly understand what is going on in the hearts and the souls of one another. See, even for Jesus, when he got baptized by his cousin John the Baptist, before he started his ministry, before he started doing anything, God the Father said to him in the public arena, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. This is my son. It was a sign of acceptance. It was a sign of, I know who you are. I have seen you. I love you. And I'm well pleased with you. If Jesus needed that kind of affirmation and that kind of acceptance, so do I. So do each and every single one of us. And that's why many fights end up with people crying. Because what happens is that they think that there's no way that this other person is truly understanding what's going on on the inside. What happens is both parties start to have this stance of, no, 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 you don't understand me. And then the other person is like, no, you don't understand me. And then it goes back and forth, no, you don't understand me. And it's like, no, you don't understand me. And it goes on and on until you're both so frustrated at what is going on. And I, there was, um, I can't tell you the specifics of this uh, particular fight, but Beck and I were, uh, were, were talking about something, and it was more to do with just some kind of date. And, and we were kind of fighting, really fighting about, about this. Like, no, this is what you're supposed to be doing. No, this is what's happening. No, no, no. And then suddenly I was like, hang on. You're using a different date, aren't you? It literally was something completely easy to solve. And we were both just not taking the other person's perspective. And because of that, the fight went on for 15 minutes too long. But I'm wondering how many fights go on for much longer than that because both parties are fighting to be understood. But when we flip that over and we learn how to understand, fights start to change. See, Nisha talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It said, our relationships need to have empathy and understanding. And, and, and what we need to do is instead of first saying, understand me, if we take that perspective of like, I want to understand you, the fight starts 
to change. See, the Bible talks about it this way in Philippians 2 verse 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. It's such a funny thing. When we start fighting for ourselves, fights stop being about us. Have you noticed that? When, when I start to go, no, 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 let's not make this about me or you. Let's make this about us. The fight stops. Suddenly the conversation becomes so much more constructive. You actually can go somewhere with this conversation because you're both involved, both trying to understand each other. Unfortunately, this becomes really difficult because every single one of us have this chip on our shoulder, shall we say, where we are so scared to be the first one to surrender ourselves and to say, hey, let me try to understand you. But if we can do that, it changes things up. And it's so much more relevant today because we come from such different cultures. We've got like the whole world basically living in Vic Park. And chances are you're going to be meeting someone from a whole different culture, a whole new uh, way of growing up, uh, a whole different way of how they were parented. And, and we've got all of these things that form our individual personalities and who we are and what we are like. And so there's so much more that we need to understand of one another. But that's not going to work if you try to be understood first it only works if we are willing to put that aside and said no i'm going to try to understand you if we can get the band up this morning to fight well and to win fights slow down know what you're fighting for and fight to understand if you hold these three things in mind i can guarantee you as you continue to practice and outwork this, you'll find yourself winning more fights than losing them. I don't mean that little individual fight in the moment. I'm talking about things of true value. You'll find relationships that are going somewhere. You'll be building relationships that, that, that spur one another on, encourage one another in the gifts and the calling of God that you have on your life rather than petty things, rather than things that are selfish, things that are small. We'll start to gear ourselves up for relationships that really matter, relationships that truly have value. I've already mentioned this. I believe that the biggest obstacle for us to fight well is really the fear of being vulnerable, the fear of opening up. And this is something that I had to learn the hard way. As I mentioned already, I went into fights and fights needing to prove myself. It took, it took some pretty heavy stuff happening in my life for me to understand and to re recognize why I was fighting that way and why I was so needy to, to, to reach for those kind of fight styles and fight tools. And deep inside, I actually had this cry. It's like, I don't think anyone sees me as a significant person. And that was a real cry of my heart. And then I recognized something. I, I, I was trying to earn respect and significance but no one, no one, no one could give it to me. 
I was going around from person to person. Finally found myself in one romantic relationship that I, I valued because of what it made me feel in that moment. And, and God graciously ended that relationship. Didn't feel very gracious in that moment. But when He did, I started to realize that no one could fulfill that significance issue that was deep inside of my heart. And so I started on my journey of truly finding out about what Jesus did for me. Because every human being had let me down, so to speak. And then I found in Jesus, as I read this story, as I studied it and I looked deeper into the layers upon layers of what our scripture des described, I, I found a God who had been fighting for me since the beginning of time. I found a God who was speaking to my significance even before I was born. I found a God who was willing to lay down everything just so that I would know that I am a person of value and significance. And this morning, if you want to fight well, do those things that I talked about. I genuinely believe that they will help. But it won't help that big hole inside of your soul. I can't do anything about that. No one can do anything about that. Having that new car, that new house. I've heard of families that tried to have kids in order to hold a family together. None of that works. But when you realize the deep, healing, wondrous work of Jesus Christ, it changes everything. So if I can get everyone to just close their eyes for a moment. I would like to introduce people here to Jesus, my Lord and my Savior. But much more than that, He's also my friend. He's also my guide. He's also my counselor. He's, you know, words can't describe it. And really, we try to put it in words sometimes. And I love the song that we sang. It's like, when I, when I think about the fact that I get to host you, God, in my life, that it blows my mind. And each and every single one of you, each and every single one of us has this opportunity to invite Jesus into our lives. And this morning, I would love to lead you in a prayer to accept Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior and to begin this deep journey inside of your soul to find that significance, not in some human being who will let you down, not in some kind of material thing that is only vanity, but in the eternal God who is faithful and is love. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to count as three, and then at the count of three, I would love you to put your hand up and then back down again, just so that we know who we're praying for. And we're going to say a prayer that accepts Jesus into our hearts and into our lives. Can we do that together? I'm going to count as three now. One, two, three. Is there anyone here who would like to receive Jesus as their Lord and their Savior?
to allow Jesus in to do that deep work that no one else can, to show you the life of significance that He has got you on. Fantastic. Let's say this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I know that I have sinned. I know I've fallen short, but I need you, God. Be my Lord and my Savior. Cleanse me and make me whole. Help me to see the life that you've given to me. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lift, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.